If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, Hostess just introduced a mashup of Twinkies and Ding Dongs. Basically, it's a Twinkie covered in chocolate fudge. Mm. Second, Kev, you've mentioned that you like Arby's on road trips, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Arby's is celebrating its birthday with a debut of a new one, two, and three dollar classics online only menu where they're offering five classic menu items for three bucks or less through the end of this month, including your two of your favorites. $2 $2 classic roast beef and a $1 curly fries. Hey. And finally in the world Hey, of honey, food, if you're listening, date night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that gives her a night off from cooking, right? And finally in the world of food, there's something surprising you should eat after a workout, and it is blueberries. Mm. Research shows they help with post-workout inflammation, and blueberries accelerate muscle recovery and strength, so it's a great after-workout snack. Okay, so... I don't want to get too personal or anything, but I have weird skin and stuff keeps happening. I hope I'm not the only one. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. Okay. All right. So this might be a little too personal, but I have the weirdest skin and I, I think I got it from my mom. Like for example, she cannot touch mangoes. She can eat mangoes. She can't touch the skin or she'll break out in this big rash. Hmm. Well, I've got like, I've got this thing going on where if I get one bug bite, it's like, it's lasting like 20, Two weeks. No I'm kidding. itchy. And then I've got this weird, like, abrasion on my leg. No idea how it got there. <laughs> and then, it's crazy. Yesterday, Kevin and I are comparing notes. We both burned ourselves on the exact day. Uh, Him on an iron. Iron, yeah. Me yeah, yeah. on a pan. I was making pancakes. <laughs> like, what is up with my skin? I know it's not my largest organ and I need to take care of it. But, like, what? Just come on. No more rashes. No more injuries that I can't explain. Just chill for one week, please. You ever heard the phrase, uh, Taylor, gym bro? Oh, he's my gym bro. No. I mean, you go and you <laughs> this work, is a new one You work me. out with someone. Well, the, the, I think a lot of people have heard that phrase. But the phrase that I just learned today is tech bro. We're going to talk about tech bros next. Okay, so I think a lot of us have heard, Taylor, you said you hadn't, you've heard of a gym bro before, like guys that go to the gym together and work out together. It's all (laughs) about the gym. Hey man, after workout, let's go get a protein shake. (laughs) All right, gym bro. Okay, there's- Reflex our muscles while we're sitting there. There's a new uh, term and it's tech bros. Tech bros? These are guys that are really into their tech. They're really into like the latest and greatest stuff. And here's here's where you'll see the tech bros in their natural environment. A coffee shop that has like free Wi-Fi. They they don't just go and open their laptop and enjoy a coffee and get on their way. No. They spread all their stuff out. They got the laptop open. They've got a, a charger that looks like it could charge a, a Tesla. They've got all that plugged in. They got their headphones on. They order a small coffee and then they sit there for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's a tech bro or uh, uh, the tech bro went when in a meeting, the tech bro kind of gets the same thing out. Like maybe you have a conference room where you work, they get all their stuff spread out. They are seemingly disengaged during the meeting, like they're typing away while the boss is talking or something. And then it, you're verified that they're disengaged because they they take their headphones off from it and they go, yeah, um, what are we doing about the XK3 spreadsheets and your boss had just covered that like five minutes earlier. That's a that's a tech bro. You can bro. recognize them because they have the fancy smancy Zoom background. There you go. See, you know what a tech bro is. Hey, you knew it. Even without the definition for it. Yeah.
There we go. We all learned something new today. That's what a tech bro is. So um, we're talking about uh, tech bros and gym bros, like these people that are they're defined by their activity and the people they hang out with. And and they, we use the term bro, I think, loosely here. It can just mean people. Like I know my my son would say to his sisters, like, "Bro, what are you doing?" And I'd go, "Did you just call her bro?" He goes, "Yeah, it's just the term. It doesn't really the, the, no." It's bro, not bruh. I guess it could be. I guess I, think it, it, I thought it was bruh. All right, so um, I, I've I have, I have figured out what you and Glenn are bros in. Okay. You and Glenn are baseball bros. Hey, man, we're going to go to a game tonight? All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's how I talk to my husband. See, go see some baseball. I have more on the list. You you and Glenn, are you are mountain biking bros. I've never thought of myself as bros with my husband. This You're mountain biking bros. Really kind of creepy. And follow right behind mountain biking bros. You guys are Emergency room visit pros. No. <laughs> I went by myself. <laughs> he was at home working. And Tracy and I, my wife and I, we're soccer bros. We're dog bros. And we're a music slash concert goer bros. Like nobody else I've ever met. There you go. The amount of concerts you guys go to. Love live music. Love it. All right. I'd like to just say we have really fun date nights. Not that we're bros. bros. This is making me so uncomfortable. It's just creepy. Don't ruin I mean, a good thing by giving it out. It's a term of endearment. It, it's nothing implied mm. by it. It's just a term of endearment. Okay. That's all. You guys make Okay, you bros. try it. You get home today, and when your wife makes you yet another fancy gourmet dinner that took her five hours to make, yeah, you go... Yeah. Hey, great dinner, bro. See how that goes over. Then report back tomorrow. Yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you know from the McDonald's drive through the next night how it went. So I, I love Facebook memories. Um, usually they make me smile. Sometimes they're really convicting. <laughs> this time it was convicting. This is something I posted a year or two ago. Uh, it's from Father Joe, a guy I follow on social media who just has some really great thoughts to start your day. And this was from... Uh, this is from 2022. Still more relevant today, probably, than it even was then. Uh, he says, this morning, I spent five minutes of my life complaining about a politician, but not one minute praying for him or her. So far today, I've spent 10 minutes worrying about my schedule, but not one minute praying about it. Already today, I spent time making plans about the future, but not one minute praying about it. Lord, thank you for showing me where I could do better. Keep me from discouragement about my performance and help me to focus on you and always try harder. Ooh, Amen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Espe- especially with, I hate to say it, but we're about to enter another election season. And I know some of y'all can go nuts. Some of y'all can forget that you love Jesus first and you, and you think you love like whoever your particular politician is. And this is for y'all on the left and on the right. You guys go crazy. Maybe it's time to start praying about that stuff. Now, like, dear Lord, in the next two years, help me to not lose my mind, alienate my friends and my family. (laughs) Help me to focus on loving people and loving you, not on like voicing my opinion endlessly. And when I run out of people face to face, I'll go to social media and do it. Amen. Are we getting a peek into your prayer life? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't do that. I do not. I steer way clear of politics on social media. And I've muted so many words, names of politicians. If you can figure out how to mute on your social media feeds and mute names of everybody that's running. I'm telling you, all of a sudden, your social media feed is full of puppy dogs and sunshine. It's nice stuff.
right? And then people, but people will ask you, hey, did you see that post I did? I really put them in their place. Be like, no, I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I don't, I don't know what happened to it. Anyhow, that was just a really good reminder where we should focus our attention, right? So that, that uh, devotion I just shared with you guys, really convicting about praying for people. Like we'll complain about people or we'll talk about situations or things. And we, for some reason, that's the first thing we do rather than just going to the Lord with it and ask him to change our hearts and other people's hearts. Let's, let's talk about that in a minute. So we're talking about having a, a good prayer life, especially uh, when you wake up and maybe you're an- anxious or antsy about something or or maybe you are one of those people really in the politics. And the first thing you think of when you wake up is a politician that just drives you nuts. Right. And instead of just like griping and moaning and having like these frustrating thoughts about that person, have you did, did you ever think of praying for him first? And one of the examples I think that we have of recent history of people that prayed and their actions, I think, followed prayer was, do you remember in Orlando, it was probably seven or eight years ago, the Pulse nightclub shooting. Do you remember that? Um, Massive shooting, just a horrific situation. And what happened the day after the shooting? It was a Sunday. There were two Chick-fil-A's in the area of that club. Mm -hmm. And they stayed, they had employees volunteered to go in. Chick-fil-A, you know, isn't open on Sundays. They volunteered to go in, prepare food, and take it down to the site where there were lines around the block for blood donations. Remember, they needed blood donations. And they went and they fed everyone. the cleanup phenomenal. Cleanup workers. And what I'm saying is that type of Jesus-centered Christian response doesn't happen if you haven't already had an active prayer life. Right. If your heart's already been changed by Jesus, then you're going to see a situation like that. And you're not going to think about, oh, who were the patrons? Who was involved? Why did this happen? You know, well, they had it coming or whatever. You don't think that way. You go, people are hurting. They need help. What can I do? It's awesome. Right. And that's the result, I think, of having a robust prayer life ahead of time that it's not it's proactive. It's not reactive. So, by the way, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself as I'm saying all this, because that was a great reminder uh, to me to be proactively praying about stuff. Picture this. You've had a nagging headache. It just keeps lasting day after day after day. Coming up, would you be willing to consult a robot? Okay, picture this. You've got this nagging headache. It lasts for days. Maybe it's been a week. If you consult Dr. Google... You could think the worst, right. <laughs> even though it might just be a headache. But would you be willing to consult a robot? Mm. There's an artificial intelligence chat bot that has helped doctors treat three million patients already. And it may be coming to a hospital near you. It's a startup company called K-Health. And right now it's just functioning as a digital assistant. And even though the company is just getting started, it's already valued at $800 million. And so far, doctors and nurses agreed with one of the AI-generated diagnoses, diagnoses uh, at least 84% of the time. And mm. I'm like, hmm, I think certain ways of using AI is pretty darn cool. Like, remember the guy who, his dog, they were just like, sorry, there's nothing we can do. And he used artificial intelligence, went back to the vet, and the vet goes... That is, I think that's it and Mm. got the right medication and the dog's doing fantastic. I don't know. I just think of like uh, my mom who passed away a few years ago. I think of the assisted living place she was in and and how much of the the doctors and the nurses and and the nurses helpers. It was all like the personal stuff that they would do to to analyze like how she was doing. Mm -hmm. Like it's one thing to have if you tell the robot, how are you doing today? I'm fine. But the nurse could walk in and go, hey, Miss Marie, how are you today? 
Are you sure? Are you okay? Are you sure? Is a robot gonna, you know, yeah. is a Why robot you... gonna notice that you're a little flush or that you're just not as energetic yeah. as you usually are, and that it's... could be something wrong? I think that's what's so cool about this K Health company is it's the combo. It's real doctors and nurses mm. utilizing all the data in AI mm. to help and kind of confirm their diagnosis. So I think I've seen something that I would never do. But I think you would be all in, Taylor. It's at a very popular vacation destination. And I would be like, no way am I doing that. I think you'd be like, all right, I'll try it. I'm basing this on like roller coasters. You love, you get on roller coasters. I don't. I used at to the Grand it. Canyon, they now have a glass bottom walk that you can do that, that get, it's 70 feet out uh-huh. and it looks down 4,000 feet. I'm all in. I would never do it. Because you just keep be telling. Because I did one of those, they call it the. Um, Thrill Walk in Switzerland, yeah. where James Bond was filmed. Yeah. And you just have to keep telling your brain, I can't get hurt. I can't get hurt. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah my brain doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of crazy things happening with animals in South Florida, right? Iguanas falling out of trees when it's too cold, alligators in neighborhoods. But this is a new one. One of the neighbors moved a couple of years ago and she just left her rabbits in the street when she moved. Well, these rabbits got married. And they started having babies. And now the neighborhood near Fort Lauderdale is overrun with, with over a hundred rabbits everywhere. There's a hundred of them. And normally we all think bunnies are just so cute. Look at uh-huh. them. I saw a little bunny. But these are like, they're causing damage to homes and making messes. And so the community is trying to raise money to find them new homes. Get some rabbit wranglers. Yes. <laughs> Take care of the Get Elmer Fudd on the scene. I'm rabbit hunting. Coming up, you're going to love this story that shows the extraordinary love of a dad for his family. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! Dads make so many sacrifices for their wife and kids. Well, this guy is no exception. Nathan had to work, but he was totally cool with his wife planning an awesome trip to take their kids to Disney World this summer while he worked. Well, Jill worked on every little detail. That's the mom and the wife. Nathan Mm -hmm. drove Jill and the kids to the airport in New Jersey where they live and said goodbye. But their flight was canceled at the last minute. And the next available flight wasn't until two days later. So they tried everything and then admitted defeat and called dad and said, Nathan, can you come back and pick us up? It's like, I'll be there soon. Mm -hmm. And he gets in the car and he goes... Get ready for a long drive because I'm driving you to Orlando. (laughs) And he drove 17 hours. They didn't miss a single day at the theme parks. And Nathan (laughs) had to turn right back around, drive home and get back to work. (laughs) Is that a dedicated dad or what? It was a dedicated dad because even though he did that extraordinary love, the kids still complained the whole way. How much further? How many more miles? (laughs) I'm sure there was some of that. I gotta pee. (laughs) Uh, What a dad. Yeah, this reminds me, I can tell you in a minute, something my dad did. Pretty extraordinary for his family along the same lines. All right. So it really is true. Dads go to pretty extraordinary lengths for their families. Mm -hmm. I mean, moms do too, but this story happens to be about a dad. And it reminds me of something my dad did for his wife and five daughters. Tell you about it next. I think most of us can see a little bit of our dad or maybe your husband in the story of this guy named Nathan who drove 17 hours when the flight got canceled so his family could still enjoy time at Disney World. I mean, dads do so much for their families. 
And um, I found out from my mom the other day, I was talking to her now that my dad uh, passed away recently, that they as a couple had a big commitment for us to see parts of the country that we normally wouldn't see. Like that was a strategy. She did that in a little non-air conditioned car when she was a kid. Mm -hmm. And she wanted the same for her five daughters to have a broader view of the world than just our hometown. Was the non-air conditioned car one of the, it had to be a non-air conditioned car? (laughs) No, thank God. (laughs) Dad dad rented a motor home. I want them to be just as miserable as I was. (laughs) And he stuck his wife and his five daughters in this motor home. And uh, we were we're wide age range. So you've got like a, a 17 year old and a 15 year old. And then I'm this eager, excited about seeing the world 10 year old. Mm-hmm. And then you've got five year old twin girls. Mm-hmm. So picture all these kids like you should see the motorhome at night where we we're all packed in everywhere to sleep. Mm. But um, I just remember times where my dad, poor guy, we'd be like driving and driving and driving. And a lot of times we'd we'd go take a nap, you know, right. the Dad's vehicle lured you to sleep. And he'd be like, girls, we're in the painted desert. You're missing this. <laughs> like, he had scrimped and saved to rent this motorhome and pay for the gas guzzler that it was. Right. And, we're and asleep, we're like, And then just the the things he dealt with, with um, let's just say maintaining the motorhome, like mm-hmm. stopping to empty out tanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Big like fun. the maddest I've ever seen my dad. <laughs> the only time I've seen him that mad is we were all using way too much toilet paper. <laughs> he was not happy. So your dad should have called my dad. We we had a camper. Oh, and, really? And dad would not hook up the bathroom facilities. We would yeah. wherever whenever we went to a campground, you they had to had, go walk. Yeah, they had to have a bathroom with showers and everything else because he was not dealing with that. Yeah, I don't. Your dad was pretty smart. But I look back and the sacrifices my dad made and he's got these rebellious teenagers that are just like, I want to go home, be with my friends. <laughs> right. This, this is, is really awful. boring. I, I can't believe this. we're going on another hike. <laughs> and I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is crazy. Right? My poor dad. There's the Grand Canyon. Dad, it's just a big hole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dads do it all, don't they? Talking about dads and the the extraordinary stuff they do to to help their families have like a great vacation or something. My dad was the king of that. He um he used to my mom was really into, are you ready for this? Polka music. Yes, polka dances. <laughs> and they they were always on Friday and Saturday nights when my dad had to work. He was in retail. He had to work on weekends, but that did not stop us from driving to these dances on Friday nights. They would start at nine o'clock at night. And go until one o'clock in the morning. Oh. So we would leave Baltimore, drive like three or four hours. He'd get off work at five, get home at six. We'd drive like the three hours to get to the, we'd walk in the door like right as the event was starting. Four hours of music and dancing. Then we'd turn around and drive home. He'd sleep for a couple hours and go back to work. Whoa. All, that is a dedicated husband. All because my mom wanted yeah. to go to these dances. And he convinced <laughs> her like, no, 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 we got it. So I'll, I'll sleep on, I'll sleep late on Sunday. It'll be fine. This must be why you get get by on so little sleep. Take after I don't know dad. if I get by on it or if I've just been taught this is the way to live. <laughs> 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 but yeah, he used to he wow. would drive through the night just dedication. so just so mom could go and enjoy her beloved music and and you know see her friends and family and stuff. And then he'd drive home, get up, and go to work. I don't know if you ever do this, but um, you can just like 
make a quick judgment on something and you don't look into it more and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it's called, there's it's more called, to the story. It's called parenting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll admit there is something that is you can't turn around without seeing this everywhere right now. And it's hot pink. And it is. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. The Barbie movie. The Barbie movie. It's everywhere. It's on magazine covers. I've never even seen the trailer. But the other day I was asking my my niece, Laura, about it because she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see it Mm -hmm. with my friend. And I was like, wait, this little little girl that grew up to be a little intellectual who's a nursing student who was the STEM program in high school wants to see Barbie movie. Mm. What? I don't even remember her playing with Barbies as a little girl. Well, I started, uh, she said one of the reasons she wants to see it is the woman who made the movie did Little Women. I'm like, oh, well, now now I'm intrigued. Now she's doing plastic and, um, women. <laughs> yeah. Turns out Greta Gerwig, she, um, she was not allowed to play with Barbies when she was a little girl. And she puts this spin on this movie and the actress who plays Barbie, Margot Robbie, she said she knew it was going to be funny. But what surprised her the most about um, the movie is how moving it is. Because after Barbie arrives in the real world, she starts to discover the breadth of human experience from the catharsis of a good cry to the realization that change is inevitable. So I guess even though those of us like me look at it as like pure fluff, like why? Mm -hmm. I guess it's got a deeper side to it. Mm. So. I don't know. I can't. I think I'm going to let my niece Laura be the guinea pig. <laughs> let it's her go a, see it. A deeper and then, side wrapped in wrapped in pink taffeta. And hot pink. Yes. <laughs> so. I just as you were talking because I didn't know who Margot Robbie was. Uh-huh. Her name Margot Robbie. Yeah. I googled her, mm-hmm. and she comes up on Wikipedia. And when she does, your whole screen has these pink flashes. Everywhere. Oh, funny! <laughs> like little pink Ads. fireworks. No, I mean oh, it like comes really? up on your screen. Oh, I guess funny. maybe the. The Barbie people have paid the Google people yeah. <laughs> to make that happen. But it's just weird that I could go from like, ain't no way I would ever see that movie to now I'm like, hmm, I'm a little intrigued. I'm still in ain't no way land <laughs> for me. I don't know. Maybe Tracy will sway me. Maybe she'll be like, no, let's watch it. Guess what's back in the headlines again with a little bit of controversy? How much should you tip? Oh, boy. <laughs> but they think they have nailed the guidelines for how much you should tip. We'll talk about it next. If you feel like you have tipping fatigue, you are not alone. Most people agree that tipping has gotten a little out of control. <laughs> My so, brain immediately went to tipping over, like falling. Uh, <laughs> I mean, tipping as in money. How, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm accident prone. Tipping, like giving a tip, tipping fatigue. Yes. Uh, people are tired of it. And so they're trying to get a hold on of the, the chief people officer at Credit Karma has offered up some guidelines uh, for tipping. She's saying, uh, when in doubt. Uh, do like 15 to 20% for a service or, or something. Um, budget for your tip before you have the service or the meal. So if you're planning yeah. on going out to eat, always think, okay, I'm going to need mm-hmm. how much I think it's going to be. I'm going to need like 15 to 20% more right. uh, for this. Servers, she's saying 15 to 20% pre-tax. I don't know that I've ever done pre-tax. I just look at the number at the bottom and tip on that, right? And that's got, that's got tax figured in. That's yeah. not... Pre-tax, so she's saying that um, if you're getting drinks, a dollar or two per drink, if you're getting those like before you sit down or something. Um, and then this is interesting. I disagree with her here. She's saying baristas, you know, when you go and get your coffee order, mm-hmm. she's saying tipping is not necessary if you're getting it to go. 
Um, I have a couple of daughters that worked as baristas, yeah. and they would wholeheartedly disagree Dang, uh-oh. in the strongest terms possible. Yeah. They loved getting tips, and one of them worked corporate place, one of them worked mom and pop place, and the mom and pop place did not pay as well as corporate place, and she really like counted on tips coming in. And I, she would get upset yeah. when people would come in and order. She goes, it's always the person with the most intricate, detailed, ridiculous order that, that doesn't tip. tip. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> she's like the, the mom that comes in and goes, hey, I just need an iced coffee to go. She goes, she's leaving me a five. Yeah. <laughs> but the guy that comes in, I'd like a latte, 170 degrees, light whip, uh, heavy cream. <laughs> that guy is nothing. <laughs> I don't know if you if you feel this way, Kev, because you've traveled around the world. Um, I think it'd be so cool to adopt what a lot of countries do. And the tip and the tax is all built into the price mm. on the menu. Mm-hmm. So what you pay is what you pay. You don't have all these extras at the end of the meal. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Then everybody would complain about menu prices going up suddenly, <laughs> right? <laughs> How do you feel about this statement? It's never too late to fall in love again. We're going to talk about that next. Kev, would you say that your three daughters are pretty persuasive with you? Like if they're like, dad, and they give you those little blue eye bat their eyelashes at you they they can convince you to do a thing or two oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they're they're more subtle than that they but yes yeah okay well there is a a dad he's 71 years old and he lives in indiana his name is jerry and he's got two daughters and now he has two granddaughters okay well jerry way back when married his high school sweetheart tony and they lived this beautiful happy life and uh with their daughters and their granddaughters and after 43 years of marriage, uh, his wife got sick and she passed away just six weeks after she retired. Mm. So it, he has been oh, um, a widow for uh, a widower for six years now. Okay. And his daughters were like, come on, dad, you can do this. Come on, come on, please, please, please sign up for this. And he has become, this is a real story, the a new TV show. The Golden Bachelor. He doesn't have gray hair. He has wisdom highlights. Florida wants to retire and move to him. (laughs) He's Gary. And I'm your first Golden Bachelor. His daughters convinced him after six years of being a widower to be on this show. And they just, this is a real TV show. I'm not making this up. It's called (laughs) The Golden Bachelor. (laughs) He's 71 and he's like, they show him getting like super sharply dressed. He always taught, he used to always, I don't know if he still does, but he talks to a photo of his wife, like asks her what she would think of things. And um, you can see his hearing aids. And uh, yeah, he is going to be on TV as the very first golden bachelor because his daughters talked him into it. Wow. (laughs) I'm 71 and I'm tons of fun. (laughs) I got to be in by eight and the fun's got to be done. He said he's got nothing to lose and he'd love to find a partner with high energy. um, Maybe someone who plays pickleball. Of course. Maybe someone who plays golf. And uh, he's owned his own restaurant for years. He's a sh- I think he's, I don't know if he's a chef, he's a restauranteur, which to me is a big difference than a chef. But anyway, yeah. Watch for Gary on uh, the Golden Bachelor. You made this, you made no, this, this up. Is <laughs> there is no, no. This is really true. I'm for You're reals, not making this I up. Promise. Okay, I have a question about the show next. You're, you're not teasing this Bachelor 
Golden that Bachelor. Golden Bachelor is real. It's for reals. Yeah, Gary is a real person with two daughters and two granddaughters. Retirement home in South Florida, and he visits the ladies in his golf cart or something. <laughs> I never said it was going to be set in a retirement home. He does want a woman that's high energy that likes to play pickleball. That's for real. That's He said that. For sure. So, Gary Turner, 71-year-old. It's never too late to fall in love again. Here's my big question. And and this is going to be a clincher. If they really want people to watch it, it hangs on this. The ladies that will be competing for his affections, mm-hmm. are they going to be age-appropriate? Or is it going <gasps> to be like they better be. 20-somethings and 30-somethings? Ugh. No. All falling all over each other for 71-year-old Gary, making everyone go, ew, ew. <laughs> no, they've got to be. Oh, how am I going to find that out for you? <laughs> I, you know, I thought you know everything about the show. <laughs> I don't know everything about the show. I just, okay, wait. Please tell me. <laughs> I mean, He's 71. Right? So I, my and how rule, old are the bachelorettes? My rule, the bachelorettes, <laughs> my rule is that they need, oh. <gasps> <laughs> to be, I saw something. I'm like, wait, I think they need to be 65 and up. I think they that's could be your, all the way up to 80. Oh, so that's like six, fine. Six years younger, and that's it. Yeah, that's my, that's no, the rule like, I just made up on the spot. Really? <laughs> no, like, it couldn't be, uh, I don't know, like 51, like nah. 20 year age difference? No, can't be, can't be old enough to be your dad. <laughs> that's just, he can't be old enough to be your dad. Her, okay. Her, so you know why are you lim- why are you limiting Gary? It was all like, oh, he's gonna find a second chance of love. But now you're like, oh, oh no, 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 not with some young thing, Gary. Not be a little thing. She's, you better cool down, Gary. She, okay, here it is. He's got two daughters. They have to be a minimum of fifteen to eighteen years older than the daughters. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up. As if I have some kind of emotional interest in all of this. Well, uh, the emotional heat of your tone went way up when I mentioned that. All of a sudden, you were like, whoa, whoa, hang on. Whoa, 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 Gary. Gary. She better be age appropriate. She playing pickleball, not a TikTok star. She better be in bed by 930.